the Old Testament reading, Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 to 17. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for a gospel proclamation comes from the Old Testament prophecy of Isaiah, which I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday in Advent, the only sign we'll ever need. The prophet Isaiah goes to King Ahaz. When King Pekah of Israel and King Rezin of Syria are laying siege to the kingdom of Judah just outside the mighty walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem's walls proved worthy of holding back their enemy, but they are surrounded nonetheless, and now everyone would play the long game of waiting out the siege. Ahaz was likely checking the water source of Hezekiah's well that had made siege after siege fail. But the enemy would long run out of water before the Judeans would even feel a smidge thirsty. The prophet brings a message to the king, and God tells Ahaz to trust firmly in the Lord. It seems an easy task, but maybe it wasn't as easy for Ahaz as meets the eye, for clearly God would not have commanded him to trust if Ahaz was as interested in God's direction as he was in the well's provision. So, God speaks directly to Ahaz through Isaiah and strangely asks Ahaz to in turn ask God for a sign. An utterly bizarre request from the God of the universe to a king trapped by his enemies behind the mighty gates of Jerusalem. And not an idle passing request. God is clearly limitless in his scope of what sign Ahaz can ask for. Virtually anything from the depths of Sheol to the very heights of the heavens may be requested. Truly, no limit at all. God offers signs to those weak in the faith or others desperately in need of his confidence and some who are just troubled in conscience. Ahaz 
was indeed weak in faith and troubled by his conscience. The age of 20, he became king and did not do what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. He walked in the ways of the wicked kings of Israel. He made false sacrifice and worshipped on the forbidden heights. He even sacrificed his own son to the gods of Chemosh and Moloch, the abortionists of Isaiah's day. No historian or theologian of the Holy Bible doubts the evil nature of Ahaz, who rivaled the most evil worshippers of Baal in his day. So King Pekah and King Rezin were at the wall in certain judgment of King Ahaz and his wickedness, we learn from 2 Kings chapter 16, verses 1 to 5. And yet, despite his wickedness, Almighty Yahweh solicits King Ahaz with a sign. Oh, the unbelievable and limitless forgiveness God can muster, even for those who sacrifice their children. Is anyone beyond his forgiveness and redemption? Are the most evil not forsaken from becoming one with God's glory? Shouldn't the vilest, the vile despair at the shame for all the evil they have perpetrated? Isaiah comes before just such a man today with a sign of peace for not only his nation, but for his nation's wicked king. Take a look around you today. Make a mental note of all the people you know and look inside as well for all that are willfully missing today's sign from Isaiah just like Ahaz chose to. Now I'm not talking about those that just missed today or last week because of illness. I'm not talking about those already on their trips for the holidays. I'm not talking about those who had special plans at Disney but are normally here. And I'm not talking about the few of us that are even daydreaming right now. No. I'm talking about those like Ahaz, who may or may not be here. Those of us as well that legitimately believe in false piety. How often... Are we far from God because we find other gods more compelling, like heads of state that promise us utopia but cannot deliver? What if our love for the world is more important than our love for the Father who created the world, like those who worship the creation and care little for the Creator? And what if our love of sin is more important than the forgiveness of sins, when we struggle with letting sinful desires reign at the risk of losing our souls. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here's our sign. The sign of redemption is at hand and Isaiah makes it clear who this sign really is. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. Be with us, God. That's quite a sign. And all of our false piety can never cover up that sign. Oh, 
One may argue a virgin cannot biologically have a baby, but that which is conceived by God was born of the virgin Mary, and Joseph knew her not. Oh, one might say that God cannot be contained in finite physical objects, and yet Jesus is God. Oh, they may say Messiah is supposed to be a herald of God, to usher in a worldwide kingdom, not suffer and die. But they must have missed Isaiah 53, verse 9. They made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. God comes as the Messiah he is, not the Messiah we want him to be. And Ahaz could not conceive of a sign better in his false piety. So God gave him the ultimate one we should all be thankful for. Because when we come up with signs, our false piety is just like that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Matthew 16, tempting Jesus to prove his messianic worthiness by doing something miraculous. Now, this was the second time they came to him, and by this point, Jesus had already healed the sick, fed the four and five thousand, walked on water, restored sight to the blind, and unstopped the ears of the deaf, raised a girl from the dead, healed paralytics, cleansed lepers, cast out demons, and even calmed a storm. It wasn't that he didn't do signs. It was that they did not believe them. So coming to Jesus a second time with the same request, Jesus gives them the same answer he did before in chapter 12 of the Gospel of Matthew. The only sign Jesus would give them was the sign of Jonah. Jonah, who was swallowed up by the great fish, after three days and three nights, was vomited up upon dry land. Isaiah prophesied the Messiah that would actually die in our place for our sins and then rise from the dead to prove victory over the devil and the grave. The very sign we needed to save our souls, Jesus fulfilled completely, just as the Old Testament prophesied that he would. Isaiah was the beginning sign of the Messiah being born of a virgin and dying. And Jonah was the end of the Messiah rising on the third day. Jesus is our Messiah. Jesus is our sign. Jesus is our hope amidst our false piety. And Jesus will always be the only sign we will ever need. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.